Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Happy to be here with you today. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, and I'm joined every week by my tremendous co-host, the one and only Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you on this fine, final Tuesday in the month of April? I'm uh, fine, thanks. (laughs) Fine on this fine day. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just fine. No, I'm doing well. Excellent. We like to hear that. It is it is uh, National Cherry Pie Day, so I am... No, I'm, it is not. Sorry, wait a minute. There's sorry. That's a mistake. No, I'm sorry. It's National Blueberry Pie Day. Correct? Correct myself there. No, it's not. Yeah, actually it is. What? National Blueberry Pie Day. Second always, only to cherry. You always find a way. Mm-hmm. To have the pie days, always. Well, I wish you a very good blueberry pie day today. Thank you very much. It's uh, yeah, it's a good day here as well. The sun is shining. Uh, I just retweeted some video of the the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels just did their salute to healthcare uh-huh. workers flyover over the city of Philadelphia to. Uh, to much uh, applause from the healthcare community. So um, check out the video on that. They look great. Um, Very uplifting. Yes. We like it. As long as everybody is viewing said aeronautics display at a safe distance from one another and wearing a mask, then that's great. <laughs> that's true. Um, we have a great show coming up today. Uh, we have lots of things to talk about. In our first segment, we're going to talk a little bit about um, a sprinkling of everything. We have a couple of things about the NHL to, to discuss. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers have announced a new ambassador uh, in, in the last week, which we'll mention, uh, and some things the Canadians are doing to help fill time these days um they always seem to come up with some pretty interesting um and and it's it's, you know it's still out on when i when i say interesting it's is it a compliment or is it not um but they seem to find some some interesting ways to keep the content fresh um and then in the second segment we go around the ahl uh believe it or not the uh, league has gone ahead and awarded their AHL Man of the Year award. So we'll talk about who that is, who got that uh, title this year. And as well, uh, also speak to some reports that the Board of Governors is going to be meeting soon. And we could have a decision uh, on the status of the AHL season uh, sooner rather than later. So we'll discuss that a little bit and those reports in the second segment. And then in segment number three, uh, we have some news about the Helenka Gretzky Cup to discuss. Uh, we also uh, have a new announcement from the NHL that came out today. So we're going to uh, just quickly review that. And then we've got a double dose. Yes, a double dose of feel-good finale. Twice wow. the good stuff coming your way today. Pretty fun. Fantastic. Pretty, pretty fun um yeah so i guess uh i you know i should ask you since it's a blueberry pie day did you bring like pie for all of us to share 
Um, no, I didn't. Should that be like a new rule if you're going if you're going to give us these national days every week? Should you have to like ship a sampling? Um, or... I'll look after that as as soon as the <laughs> lockdown ends and allows cross border traffic and, well, and mail. True. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how well that would go. I don't know. Um, but okay, let's let's get started with our first segment. The first uh, first and foremost, I'm actually going to start with uh, something that just came out from the NHL today. Um, and you knew, <laughs> you knew this was coming. You know, there was a, a, a I don't know, probably a month ago, we did a story about how um, fanatics and a, a local sports. Uh, manuf- uh, apparel manufacturing company here in the Lehigh Valley, uh, Majestic Athletic, which is now a Fanatics manufacturer, um, how they had stopped all MLB uniform and merchandise operations, and they were converting all of their production over to using the same fabrics to create PPE uh, masks and gowns for hospital workers and medical workers and things of that nature. And, you know, in the back of my mind at that time, I thought, now, when are we going to start seeing branded trademarked PPE for sale to the public? Well, Gary Bettman and crew were right on it. They're right on it. (laughs) As of today at NHLshop.com, you can pick a trio of adult face covering. They call them face coverings. You can call them face masks. Sporting the logo of your favorite NHL team. So there's like there's three in each pack. Like one one will have it, you know, it'll be written out what the team is. The second one is kind of like a little mini logos of the team. And then the third one is like a big, really big, obnoxious single logo of your favorite NHL team. Uh, they're selling them for $24.99 for the three-pack and right now 25% off site-wide. It, these aren't, you know, it's not like these are N95 masks. These are for those of you who uh, just want to have a simple face covering, Rick. Uh, it does apparently have the um, insert on the inside uh, for you to put an appropriate um particulate filter into which I would highly recommend that you do Um, and I do believe that a portion of the profits are going to uh, Feeding America and Food Banks Canada Um, yes actually uh, uh, proceeds proceeds from the sale of all of these face coverings are going to Feeding America and Food Banks Canada so not only can you get your favorite uh, hockey team face masks, but you'll be doing some good as well. So I imagine you're buying three, four dozen? Called face coverings, I guess, because, uh, yeah, as you said, they're not, they're not masks. They're not, they don't offer much protection. They're not N95. They're more like uh, N5. Um, <laughs> as tests, tests done with uh, similar cotton type masks provided mm-hmm. uh, 5% protection. So yes, it's crucial that if you're going to wear this and not wear it for fashion, but actually wear it to uh, protect yourself that you insert a, uh, a filter uh, in the, um, in the pocket. Um, 
it's it's something i guess i i I didn't see on the website itself that the the um, proceeds are going to an appropriate charity, but I'm glad to hear that uh, that they are. They are. It's kind of in the in the. There's a whole laundry list of the item description, and it's buried in there somewhere. You would think that they would have put like a nice big banner on the top saying, "Hey, this is this is for a good cause as well." But so be it. So uh, head over to nhlshop.com. I wonder how many many more professional leagues are going to follow suit soon because it seems to be the thing now that I think people are starting to realize that um, wearing a mask or wearing a filtered face covering is kind of going to be around in North American society for a little while now, I think. Uh, and, and people, you can see already that uh, the fashion conscious are already really starting to sit. Well, I need to have something that's stylish or fashionable or matches my outfit. So here we go. Coming to Nordstrom's near you, I bet. Um, the Flyers actually had uh, a pretty tremendous announcement uh, recently. In fact, it was late in the week last week that they announced that Hockey Hall of Famer and Flyers alum Eric Lindros has officially signed on as a team ambassador. Um Valerie Camillo, who's the president of business operations for the Flyers and the Wells Fargo Center, said that, quote, few players in Flyers history inspire as much excitement and passion among the fan base as Eric Lindros. And during this unprecedented time, those positive feelings are exactly what we want to deliver to our fans. Um, And she also goes on to say that the ambassadorship had been in works for quite some time, but they wanted to kick it off now. Um, because they want to to really give the the fans something uplifting and and part of it is also wanting to use uh, that momentum and excitement around it to help do some good for COVID-19 relief um and and in a moment we'll we'll talk about the uh, the fundraiser that he's he's involved in but Rick just in general um what are your thoughts on on Eric Lindros being named an official ambassador for the team I'm I can certainly say that there are plenty of Flyers fans who fans who are pretty excited about um, having him back involved with the team in an official capacity. Um, of course, and and um, you know he he is a, an icon um, to uh, Philadelphia, and and now that time has passed, there was there was a time when when uh, there were some harsh words between. Uh, Bobby Clark and and um, and the family of of Eric Lindros and it it seems that that has as uh, time has healed all wounds there and I know that you know if Eric Lindros were to walk to center ice in in um, um, the Bell Center he would be booed today um, <laughs> which is is silly and that's just leftover Nordique it fans um, that yeah. can you know go their own way. Listen, I have a lot of respect, not only for what uh, Eric Lindros did on the ice, but also um, I was associated for a number of years with um, Western University, senior admin there. And uh, Eric was born in London, um, grew up in Toronto, of course, but, but still um, he's done wonderful things for uh, Western University. And, and I, was it last year or the year before? I don't remember. He, he was, given an honorary uh, doctorate from Western Western. Um, and he has, has uh, 
started an institute for traumatic brain injuries at Western in their in oh, the London great. Health Sciences. Yeah. Um, it's the Lindros Legacy Research Building. It's at London Health Sciences Center. Uh, the, the hospital's right on campus uh, and they're to do research. Uh, and I think he started that with a $5 million grant and, and has been involved uh, in going back often to um, help raise money for that. And, and obviously he has an interest in that, but, um, but the whole hockey world does as well. And I think that they're doing some really interesting work there that um, is going to benefit the entire hockey, hockey community and sports community. Absolutely. And that's, you know, it's really great to hear, hear about that. And um, since that is, as you say, that is uh, kind of an area he's pretty passionate about. Um, And so now with this ambassadorship, it's possible that he brings uh, some of, some of that passion on that topic into the Philadelphia area as well, um, which will be really great to see. Now the fundraiser that he's involved in, I'm sure plenty of you have heard about this. Um, There is, there's a it's a kind of a movement going on all over the place called the all in challenge which uh is something where celebrities and and well-known people have put together all sorts of different prizes basically that you can either and pay a a small fee to enter a a sweepstake like five dollars or ten dollars or you know fifty dollars for ten entries into a sweepstakes or have put some things up for auction and all of it is going to provide foods to those in need whether that's kids the elderly or or our folks on the front line right now all to battle COVID-19 right now the all-in challenge has raised over 23 million dollars um through uh, over 400,000 individual donations. The interesting thing, so, so Eric Lindros has gotten in on the All-In Challenge, and, and part of him becoming an ambassador for the Flyers is that he has um, decided to auction off an ultimate Philadelphia Flyers game day experience to one winner and up to 11 of their guests. Now, listen to this. You get a game day skate on Wells Fargo Center ice that includes a shot on goal lesson with Lindros. You get to watch warm-ups from the Flyers bench. The winner themselves, not the guests, but just the winner, will participate in a ceremonial puck drop with Lindros at center ice. The winner and their guests will watch the game from a catered suite with Eric Lindros. The winner will receive an autographed jersey and stick signed by Lindros. And then... The winner and the guests will have a post-game celebration in that same suite with Lindros and some surprise special guests. Phew. Wow. Talk about a package. <laughs> so that that you can that whole laundry list is one prize. And so Eric Lindros is you can you can bid on um, currently the current the you started with a $5,000 bid for that. The bid for it is currently at $15,000. <laughs> so All right. apparently, yeah, apparently it's gotten um, pretty popular, but that is part of the reason why the flyers decided to roll out this, this ambassadorship at this time to kind of gain some momentum and do some good to raise some money. The interesting thing, Rick, is even if you just 
um, go to the all in challenge, which is, it's a fanatics um, initiative. So um, if you go to the fanatics website, you'll find a link for the all in challenge. And even if you just go to sweepstakes and you click on sports, I mean, there's all sorts of, you can, Mark Cuban will sign you to a one day contract to play with the Mavericks um, that you can enter a sweepstakes for. Uh, you can do a University of Texas football experience with Matthew McConaughey. Um, I mean, it's okay. Inter- interestingly enough, the NHL has thrown in their hat here. You can enter the sweepstakes for a catered suite at the NHL Winter Classic, including a chance to meet the players and a locker room tour, um, which is fantastic. That's like you and nine friends get a you know, a trip to the winter classic, fully catered suite at target field. You get uh, travel credit for flights and hotel stays. You get to join the NHL team photo. You get to be on the ice for the ceremonial puck drop, all that kind of stuff. And I started flipping through. There are some, there's some like really crazy things that you can enter. Um, You can design and then call a play at a Philadelphia Eagles preseason game. So if you want to create, if you've got this crazy idea for your own best Philly special play, if you win this sweepstakes, you can design your own play and then you get to call that play at a Philly preseason game. thought that was pretty mm. neat. Um, you can win a walk-on role in a Scorsese film with DiCaprio and De Niro. <laughs> All expense paid. <laughs> Um, and you can run a lemonade stand with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. Uh, that's that's an interesting one. They will, the two of them will come to your will fly to your house and spend two hours helping you and your kids set up a lemonade stand and run it. And I can only imagine the hilarity that will ensue. <laughs> Until your municipality comes and shuts down your lemonade stand, as they <laughs> want to do. That's true. Uh, the last one that I will mention that I thought was pretty neat is you can do the guy, uh, you can enter to win the Guy Fieri's Flavortown experience where you and a guest will attend a filming of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, cruise around in his 1968 Camaro, get a cooking lesson with Guy Fieri, guest star on an episode of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and you get to join the production crew for a day. So guy can actually cook. It's not just the eating part. <laughs> it's apparently, apparently. Um, so first of all, congratulations to Eric Lindros on, on being named the ambassador for the Flyers. Uh, secondly, his all in challenge sounds pretty spectacular for Flyers fans. And just in general, I invite people to go to fanatics.com and, and click on the all in challenge and just peruse what there is. Uh, it's probably most of the auction items are are pretty hefty in price. Um, but anything under the sweepstakes, uh, just a, you can, a $5 donation will get you, get you an entry into the, into the, into the sweepstakes, a five or $10 donation. So you never know. I mean, we could have a listener that ends up sharing the screen with Leonardo DiCaprio. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Um, Speaking of things that are kind of kind of crazy and kind of wacky, um, the Canadians, Rick, seem to be digging into the the alumni bag lately. Um, 
trend of of calling on the Pocanitzes, the Ber- the Berets, the the Glen Metropolitans of alumni history uh, to create some a new content generation these days. It's a little uh... yeah, digging deep, digging very deep. Placanets uh, <laughs> aside, um, yeah. When when's the last time anyone thought of Glenn Metropolit or or Valerie Beret? <laughs> um, other than uh, Jeff Petrie, which uh, Jeff Petrie is sounds like uh, Valerie Beret's uh, one of his best customers, and my goodness, the the pictures of the little wine nook. Uh, bar and uh, storage oh. area that the that the Petries have. You um, see where some of their cash is going. Uh, but yes, Valerie uh, Bure went into the wine business um, after after he left the hockey world, and and um, he and his wife. I mean, Valerie Bure is probably uh, most well known for being uh, Pavel's brother and uh, the husband to Candace Cameron. Um, mm-hmm. And but he's also um, um, operator of a, a well. I I haven't sampled any, but it sounds if the the, the Petries think he uh, operates a pretty good winery. Um, wow. As far as far as Glen Metropolitan, um, <laughs> you know, there's there's a, a I guess a, a Philadelphia connection and a Canadians connection and and yeah, there is uh, just about every other team. Um, Atlanta Thrashers, St. Louis Blues, then Washington. I, you know, I, uh, but for the most part, um, uh, then after he left the Canadians, and that was back in the 2010 year, uh, that he went over to Europe and and uh, played in the Swiss leagues and and so on. But um, back in that 2009-10 year was kind of a a rough year for the Canadians and there was lots of rumors about um, locker room, a a division in the locker room and information, things that players said kept, kept um, being leaked and uh, the players were furious, absolutely furious um, of quotes getting out to uh, reporters and uh, it was as as it was reported later, none other than uh Glenn Metropolit was the little mm. mole in the in the dressing room that was uh leaking to the reporters. So he was mm. uh not returned to the Canadians after that year and like I said, <laughs> finished his career in, in Europe. Yes, he did. Well, um He didn't yeah. mention that in his little alumni uh, no? uh stick there. No, he didn't say anything That's about it. That's funny that didn't come up. No. Huh. That's that's a shame. Someone should have asked him about that. <laughs> so yes, there's been this this multimedia content with with some pretty, as you say, aside from Placan, it's some some kind of random players from uh, Canadians' history. But there's also been um, some conference calls with some current players. Brandon Gallagher last week, uh, Phil Deneau, uh had one today. Um, interesting to hear that both of them are solidly in the camp of uh, no Gary Bettman. Uh, thank you very much. We're not interested in finishing this season. Let's just focus on next season, particularly uh, with some new, you know, the, some of the 
the ideas that are being tossed around about these hub cities, which I won't go into in detail. Uh, you and Rick, you and Joe Whalen um, did a great job covering uh, what what this concept really entails in uh, this past Saturday's episode of Canadians Connection. So if you missed that, I do uh, recommend you go to rocketsportsradio.com and uh, check out last Saturday's Canadians Connection episode and, and hear all about what this concept is for each division of the NHL, picking one hub city to kind of house everyone um, and play out the season in their division. Um, and Phil Deneau today flat out said two months away from my family is just not an option. Um, and Rick, this is something that's going to really start to be kind of a pushing point. The NBA um, is already, well, they were set to reopen their practice facilities uh, this week um, in areas that have relaxed their social distancing restrictions and lifted their state lockdowns. However, um, they announced yesterday that they're going to push that date back to May 8th because they were getting some some pushback on that. Um, but yeah, so once those facilities start work, uh, opening for, for workouts, they've got some guidelines, such as the NBA is saying no more than four players at a facility at any one time. Uh, head and assistant coaches can't be there. Um, no group activity. Uh, players can't use non-team facilities like public gyms and fitness centers. They have to wear face masks the entire time they're at the facility, oh, except while they're doing physical activity. Staffers have to t- stay 12 feet away from them. Um, so the NBA is is starting to try to put a toe over the line with this. You know that Gary Bettman is chomping at the bit to do the same, but it sounds like, you know, when you've got guys now, I realize the Canadians are in a different position because they're definitely out of the playoff picture, but you know, Phil Deneau today, I think, that's going to be a, a common theme. Dino's like, I, I'm not spending two months away from my family. Like you can forget that particularly these guys that have kids. It, uh, it's just, um, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting battle. I think going forward to find common ground here. Phil Dino called it inhuman um, to be asked well, sure. to do that. Um, and uh, we always knew that, uh, you talked about the NBA trying to, to uh, push back and, and the NHL trying to, trying to come up with a, a similar return uh, that they were going to run in. They were going to start butting heads with um, jurisdictions, either municipalities, provinces, states, uh, federal regulations that, that prevent them from doing what they want to do. Um, and, uh, but it also appears that, in some cases, and, and this certainly applies to the Canadians, that they're going to run into some pushback from players. And we've heard from uh, Brendan Gallagher, Dale Weiss, uh, Philip Deneau today, and they've all said the same thing. So you, you can tell where the Canadians' heads are at. Right. That They're realistic in saying, you know, listen, we're not making the playoffs. Um, so we don't have any interest in, in returning uh uh, being away from our families, putting in all this effort just to play out the string uh, for games that don't mean anything and could have an effect, uh, a negative effect, a detrimental effect on, on health and, and uh, injuries and, and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're the Canadians. 
Now, and and Brendan Gallagher said that they were they had been uh, talking by conference call, uh, both the teams and the player reps within the NHLPA. And it sounds like the Canadians are pretty um, united um, from their perspective that they don't see um, they're not motivated to do this. Now, that's going to be the other issue is. Um, so say that the, the, the Gary Bettman says, all right, we've heard from the NHL. PA, but we're bringing everybody back. So are some of these guys going to go into games half-hearted? Are they going to go in unmotivated? Are mm-hmm. they going to play less than 100%? And, and you know that, you know, uh, that's often the times when, when injuries can, yeah. um, we can see that. So this is, this, this is not a, a, a plan that, that really, um, has buy-in all the way around, and I think is going to be is is it's going to um, be difficult to to get everybody on board. Um, really difficult, as we hear from uh, from the players. They the Canadians um, players they want um, they want some sort of direction from the NHL saying season's over and get on with your summer training so that they can start preparing for next year. Absolutely. And I, uh, Pierre Lebrun, uh, I think had an article on this in the athletic and, and spoke to John Tavares, who's on the, the committee that the NHL has, the player committee that the NHL has put together uh, to have kind of an open line of communication about this. And Tavares has a, I think seven and a half month old at home. And he said, absolutely. This, is going to be a consideration for guys like me that's got the, who have families and, and small children at home um, ha- asking us to take a significant away significant amount of time away from home and our families is a big ask um, so it's and as I, I agree as you say if if Bettman you know gets indignant about it and and says well no we're putting a product on the ice what kind of product are you going to get? I realize it's different for guys who were either already in a playoff position or right on the cusp. The flyers are, are a perfect example of that. So I'm sure those attitudes are going to be a little different. Um, You know, Carter Hart is on record in the last couple of weeks saying he desperately wants a playoff appearance. Um, He wants, he wants his shot. Um, And I, I certainly, I can, I can understand that sentiment. Um, But as you mentioned, it's, it's not going to be as easy as just making a a yes or no decision. There's a lot of factors at play going along with that though, Rick is also the NHL draft Um, with, with the, uh, I, I, I imagine that you watched the NFL draft last week. Still celebrating, still celebrating the triumph by the Minnesota Vikings, um, picked <laughs> by most, uh, most, most of, of the commentators. If you read the articles, uh, the, the Vikings uh, got a great, uh, an A grade for uh, everything they did during the draft. It was uh, tremendous, as well as Mike Zimmer having the uh, best war room. <laughs> he said quite the I don't know what was more entertaining um watching the delayed feed of draftees that had not yet been informed that they had been drafted or trying to figure out who had the best or worst war room setup um 
it was it was kind of all over the place. Um, but the fact of the matter is, um, it was three nights and had to have been the biggest logistical nightmare for production to put all of that together in a bajillion different remote locations. Um, and as much as Roger Goodell absolutely nauseates me, uh, I tip my hat to him and the league. They pulled that draft off very well. Um, and there really were not any major technical issues. Um, things went off as well as you probably could have hoped them to. And so, you know, Gary Bettman and the NHL were watching. They were taking notes. They saw it. There, people are still buzzing about the draft, and it's almost, you know, we're, we're closing in on a week after the first round had happened. Um, so they're seeing, okay, the NFL is super relevant again. People are, um, you know, they had, they, they set a new record for viewership with 15 million viewers. Um, the previous record, I think, had been 12 or 13 million viewers. Um, so the NHL is going to want to capitalize on that same kind of momentum and excitement and, and chatter and so forth. So now, Rick, the question is, you know, now they're saying, okay, well, if the decision is going to be made on the draft, it's got to be made soon because all of that logistical planning has to start happening and figuring out what you're doing about the draft lottery. And do I, do I sense another gigantic, uh, just nightmare about, you know, the NFL draft was one thing because the NFL draft and draft uh, lineup was already set. The, the NFL season had been over for a long time when coronavirus came to North America. Um, that is not the case for the NHL. Um, so again, it's not as simple as saying, well, we're still just going to go ahead and have the draft at the end of June. And who cares if we haven't even finished the season yet? It's just not that simple. Right. I think, uh, and we've heard Gary Bettman and, and he's, he's talked, Oh, it was just a trial balloon. And, and he also said, uh, Oh, we're going to have all kinds of the, the old rules are out the window. We're going to have all kinds of, uh, great curveballs that are going to play um, wonderfully on TV. Um, you have to ask yourself why the NFL draft succeeded as it did. One, um, there's there's that pent up appetite for for anything uh, major league sports, uh, mm-hmm. but also it it was because they 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 did all the right things. Yes, uh, a technological nightmare but they pulled it off um there was there's few if any glitches um in bringing all those feeds together from the fans from the commentators from the war rooms uh from the the draftees it was it was extremely well done and they they didn't forget that there was still a pandemic going on uh uh, peyton manning's opening message about hope was was tone perfect um Mm -hmm. Harry Connick Jr. with the national anthem, uh, yeah. Doctor uh, Anthony Fauci. That was that was perfect. Now, if 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 the NHL is going to go in and start turning their draft upside down just to get it in now, uh, and if it's going to piss off huge sections of fans, uh, that doesn't that isn't the same successful formula that the NFL used um, to. Um, as you say, to pull off an event that's being talked, I think 
that there there's 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 a chance that the NHL could pull off an event that's talked about as something you should never do, you know, um, mm-hmm. change all of your lottery rules, change all of your, your um, uh, draft compensation, change all the rules and, and, and get it wrong. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, when this whole thing started, uh, Gary Bettman and, and Bill Daly were talking about integrity keeping the integrity of hockey, keeping the integrity of the Stanley cup championship, keeping That's the integrity right. of, of, of the draft and all of that. And, and they're playing with fire a bit here. I think. I think so too. Um, as we've, as we've said plenty of times, um, we realize every, everyone is, is so eager for a return to a sense of, of normalcy. Um, and sports is a very big part of that, obviously. Um, but do you do you want to make decisions to give people that gratification of having sports at, of some type back to the detriment of other things, whether it's, as you say, whether it's the integrity of, of the playoffs, the integrity of the draft? Um, you know, if you went ahead and did something like this and completely revamped the draft lottery, does that compound the situation we just spoke about where you already have players who don't want to come back to play because they want to be home with their fa- because they don't want to leave their families for that long? Well, then you throw in on top of that that you've completely screwed up the draft lottery. And it's just, ugh. I, I mean, I would love, I, I miss sports like everyone else. I, you know, I was, it was, very different watching the NFL draft, the way that it was conducted, but it was exciting to actually have something new related to sports to talk about um, and to watch. So I, you know, yes, when, when the time is right, I am all for it, but I just don't want to see us get there too soon and, and have other, other issues to deal with um, that could be felt for, for a long time coming. On that note, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL, and we have uh, some things to talk about on the AHL side um, as far as where their season lies in limbo. And we're going to talk about who has been crowned the AHL Man of the Year. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. 
And don't forget, uh, give us a follow on social media. On Twitter, you can find us at the AHL Report. It's the best place to find all of our latest news and updates and our new content uh, as it comes around. Um, So be sure you're following us there at the AHL Report. Um, Rick, one of the things that we had spoken about as far as AHL news recently was uh, each of the teams had announced their nominees uh, for the AHL Yannick Dupree Memorial Award, which is the the um, American Specialty AHL Man of the Year. Um, each individual AHL franchise gets to award a winner for their club, and then that winner goes on uh, to basically uh, be put up against all of the other winners league-wide uh, to, to receive the overall title. For the Laval Rocket, uh, Jake Evans was was awarded that uh, honor. And for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, it was Curtis Gabriel. Uh, and the league went ahead and announced today that it's goaltender Troy Grosnick of the Milwaukee Admirals, who's been selected as the winner of the Yannick Dupre Memorial Award as the American Special, the uh, 2019-20 IOA American Specialty AHL Man of the Year. Um, this award's been given out since 1998 to an AHL player for his outstanding contributions to his local community and charitable organizations. So basically, this is this is a player. Uh, you know, each of these players have been selected as their team representative for being the most community-minded and giving back to their to the fans and the community that they're based in. Uh, Rick and uh, looks like a goaltender um, Troy Grosnick from the Milwaukee Admirals is this year's overall winner. Um, and from the look of the press release, I can certainly see why his his he's got a laundry list of community activities that he's been involved with. Uh, it seems like for a long time. Well, as you said, and, and a few weeks ago on from the press box, we talked about um, the indig- individual team nominees for this award, and um, many of those uh, uh, nominees have been they've been players that have been involved with uh, team initiatives for charity, and and that's that's wonderful, and and Troy has done that well. It talks about uh, in a new press release about him being a celebrity waiter along with his teammates, but. In addition to that, he has a whole number of of uh, charity initiatives that uh, not, he's not only been involved in, but that he's initiated. Um, mm. And his money for each save he makes, and 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 so on. Uh, also about uh, being involved in bullying programs, being good teammates. Uh, he and fellow um, goaltender at, at Milwaukee, Connor Ingram, uh, are involved in in that program, um, and. You know, this is this is a, a, a team. The Milwaukee Admirals were the best team by far uh, in the AHL this season. Um, they had the yeah. best goaltending t- tandem. Both Troy and Connor were had uh, at least 20 wins on the season. And then off the ice, they had time to um, uh, really be involved heavily in in charity work. And it's particularly meaningful because. Uh, Troy Grosnick is is the first player born and raised in Milwaukee to uh, play for the Admirals. So um, it's a it's a wonderful story, um, and and he's put in um, a lot of work both on the ice and um, off the ice for the organization this season. 
Absolutely. So congratulations to Troy Grosnick, uh, an honor well-deserved. Uh, and this, the same goes for each individual um, franchise nominee. Uh, they all have stood out in their own way and giving back to their local communities. But congratulations to Troy Grosnick uh, gets the league wide title uh, this year. Now that's usually something that we end up talking about after the season has ended, um, you know, and, and particularly the, well, usually after the regular season has ended. Um, So the question still remains, what is happening with the AHL season? You know, the NHL season, we all know we've, we've, we've discussed that, um, that there's, you know, Gary Bettman still very much wants to put that product back on the ice. The American league is a completely different beast. The American league does not have the television revenue that the NHL does. Uh, the revenue for AHL teams is widely given by gate, uh, gate driven, meaning ticket sales. Um, and right now we are in a culture and a society that cannot have ticket sales. You can't have buildings full of people. Um, and there was a, a, an article that came out in the Ottawa Sun uh, today, uh, actually yesterday, I'm sorry, uh, Bruce Garriock, Ottawa Senators um, beat writer, um, mentioned that the mayor of Belleville issued a videotaped message from CAA Arena, which is where the Belleville Senators play on Monday morning, indicating that the AHL will announce soon that the rest of the season and the playoffs will likely be canceled. Now, this is not an official statement coming from the AHL. In fact, um, the, the, the article goes on to say that sources in the league mentioned that the Board of Governors is expected to hold a conference call in about a week, a uh, week and a half, and uh, to discuss things. But, it, Rick, it really seems like um, Dave Andrews and, and the Board of Governors are probably going to have to make a tough call to, to cancel the rest of the season and the playoffs because there's just no real logistical way, particularly logistically, uh, physically, safety-wise, and financially, for affiliates to try to put together the rest of the season this summer. Yeah, pretty clear that um, Belleville's Mayor Mitch kind of let the cat out of the bag. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's unfortunate because uh, Belleville Senators had uh, were having a terrific season. Um, one of the yeah they were. The, yeah, one of the better teams, and and um, and all those prospects were having um, um, a, a, a great season as well. And and as you said, you know, when we talk about the NHL returning, um, the caveat is that all of the games, however they're played, whether it's regular season games or playoff games, they'll all be played without fans. Um, and the NHL can do that, uh, and still. Uh, bring in revenue. We talk, we heard Gary Bettman talk about uh, more than 200 million uh, being able to come in for playoff revenue, uh, TV revenue, national TV revenue alone. Um, there's, you know, all kinds of money coming in as far as memorabilia and, and concessions and parking and so on. Um, the AHL doesn't have all of those revenue sources. And as you said, ticket sales are their uh, prime way of generating revenue. And uh, that's just not a, uh, that's just not on the table right now. So yeah. uh, it's understandable that um, uh, 
the the AHL will have to um, uh, cancel for the season. Now there's talk about some AHL players uh, uh, being used, uh, you know, for for their uh, uh, NHL teams. As you know, there's always been the, the Black Aces squads of teams in the playoffs. Uh, but otherwise, um, I think we've seen the last of uh, our AHL friends for uh, this particular season. Absolutely. And and this is a it, – it will be a very unfortunate uh, announcement if Dave Andrews and the league does have to make it in the next couple of weeks. Um, I also agree with you that I think Belleville's mayor uh, kind of jumped the gun a little bit um, in, in making I, – I, Aside from, I don't know, the attention, I, I really don't know why you would go ahead with a video announcement like that from the arena when nothing official has been has been put out yet. Um, but that's a that's a conversation for a different day. Um, but this problem doesn't go away just when the league, if it is announced that they cancel the season, that's not the end of it because that issue of gate sales comes back again next season because unfortunately none of us know what sporting events, sporting events are going to look like next season. Um, It is very possible that in the fall, if there's, if there's a, a big rebound or if social distancing doesn't work very well, once things start to reopen, that there's a rebound, um, so you may look, you may be looking at empty arenas or or vastly reduced ticket sales to allow for social distancing and so forth. And Rick, so this is this is a problem that is going to be perennial right now for the American Hockey League, correct? Well, that's absolutely right. Um, this is this is going to have long term effects on um, franchises in the AHL. It may lead to. Uh, we don't know, uh, may lead to some franchises having to fold or uh, move or look for new ownership. Um, uh, but there are, there are going to be some, some ramifications to um, uh, these decisions. We just don't know how that's all going to play out, but, but absolutely it's, it's going to have a long term effect on the AHL. Absolutely. And uh, you know, we're kind of keeping our thoughts with, all of our uh, AHL franchises, this will be a tough road for them ahead. Uh, the ECHL is likely going to be a similar story. So, um, you know, keep keep those folks in mind, the players, the staff, the coaches, the front office staff, um, the maintenance people at those arenas. It, it's This will have a deep ripple effect in, in the minor leagues of hockey um, much longer than it will in the NHL. Um, With that, we are just going to take one more quick break. When we come back, we're going to go beyond the AHL. We've got some news on the Linka Gretzky Cup and uh, also some additional news coming out of the NHL that we want to discuss. So don't go anywhere. We will be back right after this. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel, at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. 
The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Now, in this segment, we go beyond the AHL and uh, we kind of continue the, uh, you know, we, we just mentioned how lower leagues of hockey outside of the NHL are probably going to, to, to really be feeling the effects of uh, the societal ripple effect uh, from the coronavirus for a long time. Um, and Hockey Canada announced, uh, made a statement today about the 2020 Linka Gretzky Cup, which of course normally uh, was to be hosted from August 3rd to 8th, uh, 8th in Edmonton and Red Deer. Um, and they have had to make the announcement that they will need to cancel this year's 2020 Linka Gretzky Cup. Uh, they say, quote, the health and safety of players, staff, officials, fans, Families, volunteers, and the general public is the utmost importance to Hockey Canada. And although this was a difficult decision to make, we believe it's in the best interest of everyone involved, given the uncertainty at this time. Um, and so they're 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 looking forward to getting this back going again when it moves over to Europe again next summer. Um, and uh, you know they give instructions to to contact. Um, Hockey Canada and, and ticket purchasers for refunds and so forth. But Rick, the I think I don't know that this comes as a big surprise. It's certainly disappointing. Uh, it's one of the early things that kick off the new hockey season, um, and and so this is the first one to go. Um, but I think the key in their press release is also the last sentence, which is at this time Hockey Canada is continuing to work with OEG and the Red Deer Rebels in preparation for the 2021 IIHF uh, World Junior Championship. Um, you know, those evaluation camps take place in August for World Juniors, uh, which we've covered for many, many years. Um, and and this is where we start to see this is not just about this season. We're going to start seeing impacts on that next season very soon. Well, the, the Gretzky Halinka tournament is is a very important tournament. Uh, it's a showcase for uh, top under eighteen players, and and um, is kind of a preview for uh, those players that uh, would be joining the draft, the NHL draft, the the following year. Um, and 
you know, we're, we're now canceling events into August already. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's, that's, uh, you know, quickly approaching the fall. And yes, we have to think about things like the world junior championship. Uh, so sure. They, they make mention that, that the uh, Gretzky Hilton tournament will be back in 2022 in, in Alberta after, um, you know, going over and, and, uh, and playing it in, in the Czech Republic and Slovakia in 2021. But, but again, these are, um, you know, that this is extending on and things um, are not going to be back to normal for some time, particularly uh, where there's fans involved. Uh, and until mm-hmm. we have a virus, as many are saying, um, it's going to be difficult to put fans in a building to watch a sporting event. That is absolutely correct. Uh, so we'll we'll see how things. I imagine it's possible that we might hear something similar coming out of USA Hockey, uh, perhaps soon, and Hockey Canada in reference to that World Junior uh, Evaluation Camp tournament that we typically cover uh, in the beginning of August, end of July. Uh, I imagine they'll be needing to make a decision on that very soon as well. And of course, when we find out, we'll let you know. Uh, Rick, you had mentioned uh, just before the show that the NHL had made an announcement today regarding player development agreements. Um, can you tell us a little bit about about that, that the Board of Governors had, had put some new agreements effective uh, immediately into place? Yeah, the NHL has announced that their player development agreement that's um, uh, been in place is uh, just going to be extended for one more year. Um, this is something that's existed since uh, 2013. Uh, it was due to expire uh, at the end of June. And um, uh, there's been a lot of talk. Uh, th- and I should say, these are the kinds of agreements that, that pertain to um, young players coming from the CHL um, um, and uh, govern, you know, we, we always get questions um, um, is, is, is this player coming from the OHL eligible to go to uh, the AHL? Is an NCAA player eligible to go to the uh, AHL? Mm-hmm. Is a player coming from Europe eligible to go? And these are the kind of rules that govern that. Uh, and there's been all kinds of, of uh, talk about um, maybe harmonizing those, uh, those rules, but uh, for now, uh, the same rules are going to uh, just be uh, the, the deadline is going to be slid for a year. Um, and uh, that's what the NHL announced today. So there, there are agreements with the CHL, with uh, the European Developmental Leagues will all stay in place uh, for one more year. Well, uh, that's that is good to know. Um, and it is really that time of year. I mean, we are at the end of April. We would have been at this point we would have been about three weeks, maybe a little more than three weeks into the NHL Stanley cup playoffs. Uh, and we'd be about two weeks into the Calder cup playoffs. So this is the time of year that, that these kinds of things for next year need to start happening. So we're starting to see some of that kind of information trickle out as well. So we'll keep our finger on the pulse of that for you. Um, that brings us to what's quickly becoming one of my favorite segments on this show every week. And that is our feel good finale. Uh, we like to, uh, leave you with something positive these days, kind of warm you up and make you feel good. 
Um, and Rick, my story today, we actually have two things today. I have a feel-good finale and you have a feel-good finale. So I'm super excited that we've, that we've got two of them to share today. Um, the one that I found just, it's like one of those absolute just awe moments. Um, in, in this time of, of social distancing and staying at home and kind of finding ways, particularly for kids to entertain them at home and not keep them attached to a video game console or an iPad or a TV all the time Um, and finding ways to do good things for other people found this great story that in Canada, this is so Canadian. I love it. In Canada, there was a 13 year old girl who left her bicycle out on the driveway with a sign that said free to a good home. I guess she had outgrown it or, or gotten a new one or whatever. And said with a sign that said free to a good home. And the next day the bike was gone. A seven year old had found it and left a note. Them and their mom had left a note of their own behind. And there's a picture of the greeting card and the inside of the greeting card, the message on the inside of the greeting card, um, says, you know, it's sometimes easy to forget that there are nice people out there doing nice things for others. Um, and you can see where the mom wrote a little note to say, oh, thank you. You know, they've kind of grayed out the the child's name, but they love the bike and they're now enjoying, she's now enjoying her new ride. But the seven-year-old also included her own note to the 13-year-old. And in it, it says, hi there. My name is Serena. I'm seven and I live close by on, and they've grayed out her, the name of her street. The other night, my mom saw the bike on your driveway and brought it home to me. It was great, as my other bike was too small. So I would like to thank you very much for my new bike that I love. And I also put my old bike out for someone else to enjoy. <laughs> and I <laughs> just... That's fantastic. It's one, it's just one of those clutch your heart moments. I mean, this 13 year, I love that this 13 year old said, you know what? I can't use this bike anymore. Maybe, maybe somebody younger than me would like it, gave it away for free. Just put it at the end of the driveway. And this precious little seven year old is so excited because now, you know, her, her other bike probably when she was three or four was way too small for her. Now she's got a new bike to ride, but she also wanted to do exactly the same thing and put her bike out as well. So it's great. I love it. Pay it forward. Um, really great. Feel good. Feel good story. Go Canada. <laughs> well, I'm going to go across the pond to uh, the UK. Really? And, and talk about Captain Tom and um, Captain Tom um, Moore was a um, uh, British Army officer uh, in World War II, served in Burma, served in India, um, and he is uh, rapidly approaching his 100th birthday, which will be on Thursday. Oh, um, wow. April the 30th. He was born April 30th, 1920. Um, and around back the, about the, um, the first, of it, first week of April, um, he he has been helped uh, through his life uh, by the NHS in, in Britain, and he wanted uh, to raise some money. He wanted to uh, give back to them. Um, so he set a goal of raising a thousand pounds by doing a uh, hundred laps 
of his garden in his walker. <laughs> um, That's right. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, weeks ahead of, and he wanted to do this by his birthday. Um, well, weeks ahead, um, he had completed his goal. Uh, and the total now is close to um, 30 million pounds. Um, My not goodness. A <laughs> Um, after he finished the walk, he became a bit of a celebrity, um, and he did a cover version of the song, You'll Never Walk Alone, um, same oh. charity. Um, the single topped the UK music charts. Um, he was the oldest uh, uh, Brit to, <laughs> to do that uh, and raised, <laughs> raised a lot more money. So um, this week and right up until the 30th, um, of April, the the Royal Mail has been printing a postmark on all the mail in the UK, and the postmark says, Happy 100th Birthday, Captain Thomas Moore, NHS Fundraising Hero, 30th of April, 2020, in recognition of his 100th birthday. Aww. Oh, and, Tom, and Tom uh, thought, well since all these people are donating, I better put another 100 laps on the walker. So he <gasps> no set way. a goal of 200 laps uh, <laughs> uh, that he's trying My to do. Yes. goodness. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love it. Happy birthday, Captain Tom. Uh, 100 years young. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Two feel-good finales this week. It's tremendous. It's a great way to end the show. Um. Thank you for that. Um, all right. Well, that brings us, uh, we're, we're just about wrapped up here. Rick, I know earlier in our first segment, I had mentioned uh, the, the great uh, show that you and Joe Whalen had done on Saturday. Uh, if folks had missed that or if they want to go back and find um, archived episodes of Canadians Connection or, or this show from the, from the press box, uh, what's the best way for them to find those? Well, during the pandemic, you've been listening to, to podcasts you have a favorite podcast app and all you have to do is use that fa- the search feature of that uh, podcast app to search for Rocket Sports Radio. And when you do that and subscribe, you will um, get the content from uh, the Canadians Connection podcast that uh, Joe Whalen and I do every uh, Saturday, as well as this podcast from the Press Box uh, with our focus on uh, the AHL. Um, so that's the best way, but there's even more content than podcasts and, and that you can find uh, by going to uh, ahlreport.com and allhabs.net. Absolutely. And we recommend that you do that. There's always great content coming out and we're, we're just so grateful that you're here with us every week for uh, these episodes of from the press box. We enjoy bringing them to you and we certainly appreciate that you enjoy listening to them. So be sure to tell your hockey friends. Uh, we certainly don't just talk about the Montreal Canadians or the Philadelphia Flyers. We cover uh, the entire league and many different leagues. So if you've got friends who enjoy hockey, um, just tell them to look for Rocket Sports Radio and uh, give us a listen on From the Press Box. With that, we are going to sign off for this week. Rick, uh, thank you again. It's been a great show. Enjoy your blueberry pie on yet another day of pie for you. And we will be back here again next Tuesday to usher in the month of May. 
right here on the AHL Report. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you then. And keep on wishing. Remember your dream is your only scheme. So keep on pushing.